0: is the bloody disgusting podcast network what an excellent day for an exorcism you'd like that Intense. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more with your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. I'm
1: Leo. I'm Lauren.
0: I'm Trevor. And we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to
2: episode 165. This time around, we've got the exciting award-winning writer-director, Damian Levesque, and award Award winning actor and producer Kyle Gallner. You're going to explore their amazing new flick, The Cleansing Hour, a time of release available exclusively on Shutter Now. Hear about what went into making this riot of a horror film filled with humor, practical effects, demons, and gore. Get spooked by unbelievably creepy ghost stories. Kyle Gallner's previous experience dealing with a demon in the cult classic Jennifer's Body, and so much more. Heads up, there is a massive spoiler we are putting at the very end of the show, after the interview is over even, with a nice big warning before. If you've seen the film and want some extra cool behind-the-scenes treats, that's there just for you. That said, episode 165
3: starts now. Hey, this is Daniel Levesque. This is Kyle Gowner. You are being possessed by another demonic episode of... The Boo Crew. Everybody, here we go. Three, two... to go
0: off script. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another thing. Pick- crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy.
2: Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy studio are two awe-inspiring and talented creators. One is an exciting visionary director and producer whose vast catalog of work is steeped in the world of editing and constructing the worlds of the biggest shows in reality TV like TMZ, The Daily Ten, and E! News. In 2016 he made an 18 minute long short film called The Cleansing Hour about a live streamed staged exorcism show that goes awry when it actual demon visits the set it debuted at Sitkiss, won best horror short at shriek fest and more it showcased a bold and unique visual style and impeccable attention to the power of sound suspense and a fierce and fun reverence for the best genre masterworks of all time yet at the same time demonstrating a bold inventiveness that is truly addictive also joining us is a multi-award winning actor and producer whose unbelievable list of projects includes just pure iconography, the coolest movies and TV shows ever made, David Wayne's Wet Hot Summer, three-time Golden Globe-nominated yeah. Touch by an Angel, 2003's Finding Home, Wes Craven's award-winning Red Eye in 2005, played Cassidy Casablanca's and Veronica Mars, the Golden Globe-winning Big Love, The Haunting in Connecticut, Jennifer's Body, CSI, a Nightmare on Elm Street, Smallville, The Walking Dead, and much, much more, and all the work he's a part of. He has an incredible presence in gravity that leaps through the screen. His characters are the the ones you remember most, and you can tell it's based on his commitment to the roles and the choices he makes therein. Together, their newest project is a return to the 2016 short film of the same name. This time, an expansion of that world into a thrilling new feature, exclusively on Shutter. Already having its world premiere at the biggest festivals in the world, like Fantastic Fest and Sitkiss, to resounding acclaim. The Cleansing Hours, Damien Levesque and Kyle Gallner. Woo!
4: Yeah, wow, that was a hell Thanks of I'm feeling like about this big right now. I'm like, I don't know, know, dude, that was amazing. (laughs) Well, thank
2: you guys so much for joining us and congratulations on this awesome ride. So first things first, we want to take a look under the hood and find out what your earliest memories of just being exposed to horror as viewers. We'll go with Damien first.
4: Sure. Yeah. Um, my parents uh, didn't keep a very close eye on me when I was going through the video store. I saw The Exorcist when I was like eleven or twelve years old. <laughs> oh no, uh, which you know <laughs> that's pretty young for a kid to be watching something like that. Uh, but I think that that helped sort of propel my interest in supernatural, paranormal uh, stuff, and that's that's really what I've been writing ever since then. And 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 uh, you know, I, I particularly like the the exorcism subgenre of horror. I mean. Uh, I like all movies, but like that's where I've really been focused.
1: Are there a list of exorcism movies that are like your favorite, like a top three?
4: Well, oh, yeah. besides the Exorcist, there's the Exorcism of Emily Rose and uh, Deliver Us from Evil and the Last Exorcism. And I got up, almost put the conjuring up there because, like James wanted a hero of mine. but the the reason why I choose those is because they all have one thing in common that I like a lot, and that is they, portray it as very real it's not cheesy campy like you can watch it and really believe that these people are authentic this could really happen you know some some movies a lot of movies really kind of jump the shark in believability for me so i i like i like those because of their authenticity
1: have you seen demon house we're too scared to watch it but
4: (laughs) zach and demon house yeah I okay. I've been wanting to see that for a long time, and I've been following that project ever since I saw the news story about it and I have not seen it. So I where can I see it?
2: Leo, you've seen it. Is it like on was it on Netflix?
5: Yeah, if it's on Netflix, it's it's on Prime. It's on one of those two.
2: But yeah, it comes with that warning that if you watch it that they can't be liable for anything that may be transmitted electronically because I guess while they were editing it, there was problems with their equipment. It shut down a news station when they were trying to play clips of it and all this. It's got all this lore embedded into it.
4: Oh, it's on Hulu. Okay, cool. And
3: then it made its way to Hulu! (laughs) (laughs)
4: I'll
5: tell you what, the opening scene of that that documentary has... you You gotta watch it closely. There's a scene where Zach Baggins is texting with someone and that gentleman, he's like, a renowned psychiatrist who counsels the priests on actual real exorcisms. He's like he's an expert, like demonologist. So the fact that that guy was involved in this, you know, documentary says a lot. So definitely worth checking out.
2: Wow, very cool. And that's exactly why I will not see it.
5: <laughs> and how about you,
2: Kyle?
3: What talk about your entrance into horror when you were young as a viewer? I don't know why, for some reason, I vividly remember. My parents are kind of loose. On what I watched as well, they would—they kind of had a rule of like, you can watch whatever you want, just don't come to us if. Oh. if that's <laughs> and I vividly remember—I don't know why—for some reason, Idle Hands. I was really young and i ended up getting i rented it and i ended up getting it and like the house no one was home and i was like by myself in the basement i started watching and i was way too young you know looking back on it now it's it's fucking idle hands you know what i mean it's not like it's like it's like a comedy like seth green's microwaving shit, you know it scared me to death for whatever reason and that's like one of the first horror memories I I have. And then like not long after that, I saw like, you know, Halloween and, and things like that. that were way scarier. But I grew up, I grew up watching horror movies. I grew up watching pretty much everything. I, I have, you know, pretty eclectic taste. I, I wouldn't say I, I lean one way or another in terms of, of what I like, but I, I really do enjoy the horror genre. I think it's a lot of fun.
2: Kyle, you've been a part of so many key moments in genre history yourself what do you like about playing in that space as a performer
3: I think horror is just kind of fun I mean you know every everything kind of has its own challenges and its own you know it's it's its own thing like you know drama where you're like just killing yourself like every day at least with horror if you're like gonna go really big and crazy there's like an element of fun to it I guess like there's you know, there's something there's something different going on. I mean, I I don't know. I think I think horror is just a lot of fun. I mean, you know, running around covered in blood and biting monsters or doing whatever, whatever the script entails. I, I think it's you know, I've, I've been really fortunate. I've had a lot of fun on pretty much all the horror movies I've I've gotten to make.
2: And Damien, what are the genre films that have been so impactful in terms of what they're able to achieve, as far as like tone, mechanics, music, and performance, perhaps that have burrowed into your brain and have become part of your own creative voice when you're making these projects?
4: Well, pretty much everything Sam Raimi has made. Just Evil Dead was a huge influence on on Cleansing Hour, and you know I'm also really influenced by anything that has really, really good, even ba- even really bad practical effects but you know so i really love like the thing gremlins i um, uh yeah. you know the howling american werewolf in london critters these are and and uh, have you ever seen the gate yeah oh
2: yeah the gate's amazing yeah. so, like
4: the, the, the gate is so so amazing the kind of stuff that they that they used to do in movies that they just don't do anymore and i am committed as a filmmaker to do that, do more of that, to bring, to keep that going. I do not want the art of practical effects to die. And I think in so many ways that like, that it's better. So I did as much practical stuff in in cleansing hours. I could just given the constraints that we had, but those are the movies that really impacted me.
2: You not only did that, but you you teamed up with like Tom Woodruff, right? I mean, yeah, (laughs) ADI, the monster squad alien, like Oscar winning Tom Woodruff.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys are amazing. They did such amazing work for us, and they're gonna they're gonna do our next movie.
2: Well, just briefly talk to us a bit about the the inception of the original 2016 short film, and then just the journey of developing it into a full length feature.
4: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I've been as you as you mentioned, I've been working in reality TV for on and off for about 15 years, and I've always been fascinated by the fact that people think that it's real. <laughs> you know, and what they don't know is that it's it's most of it is scripted from one degree to another Damon, and then uh, Damon, and then Damon, stop, stop sorry sorry everyone ruining sorry
3: it.
1: ruining the magic <laughs>
3: you know
1: what yeah, our well, kids I were mean... on uh keeping up with the kardashians and then i learned yeah that you learned
2: the mechanics of reality tv not yeah. Re- real.
4: <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah i'm, I'm sorry kidding. sorry david yeah, the love after lockup is not as real as you think it is um, but uh, um, anyway uh, you know what? That plus like <laughs> my, my love for editing and like how you can you know how you can manipulate people. and then, then I, I was also very fascinated by this idea that you know if there are all these videos online like World Star hip hop and, and, and these different websites where people post these videos, the like grainy shaky cell phone videos of people doing crazy outrageous things like, oh my gosh, look at this thing that happened and because it's grainy and shaky, it feels more real than people buy it. So I kind of took those two ideas and combined it with my love for exorcism horror and just thought, hey, well, what if what if the, these guys put on this little webcast where they are staging exorcisms and uh, kind of got quasi Internet famous because of it?
1: Kyle, when did you first hear about it and how did you become involved?
3: Jesus Christ. When did I hear about it? When did we make this, Damien? <laughs> it was, it was, I, don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got it. I got sent uh my reps emailed me and were like hey these guys hit us up they have this movie <laughs> and they they, <laughs> they want you to be in it and I was like what is it and they told me you know it's a horror movie it's uh this thing called the cleansing hour and, and they were like it's actually kind of it's it's you sh- you should read it and I was like okay um because I, I've done a lot of horror movies so I'm kind of a little picky about what I want to do and um you know there have to be certain things that like intrigue me and I ended up reading it and it, it it was cool. It was, it was, it was, it was funny and it was like fun, or at least I thought it was funny at parts, you know what I mean? I was like, I could see where you could put some cool comedy in this. I could see where like the horror element can really come in and it's, it's, and it has like a message at the end of it. And it, it just ticked a lot of interesting boxes for me where I was like, you know what, this could be, this could be kind of cool, actually. Like this could be, this could be pretty fun and um so i ended up we we spoke right yeah we had a couple yeah. meetings yeah, yeah we, we like met for coffee or something yeah we had like lunch like twice me and damien ended up yeah. hanging out and 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 talking about the movie and then you know damien was kind of the final piece where you know you can read something on a page and then if you meet somebody you're like oh this guy doesn't know what he's doing you know what i mean like this guy's but after meeting damien i was like oh this is going to be really cool he he really knows what he wants and he's he's a fan of the genre and you know, he wrote it as well, which also helps. And so, you know, he high-fived and said, let's do it, and I'll see you in Romania. Uh, so you shot it in Romania? Yeah. Did. <laughs> I had my appendix out. It was insane. was insane. Wait, that what? Is, okay, that's a really, <laughs> that's an amazing story. So two weeks before, I think it was two weeks or a week, two weeks before. No, so I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to preface this, I had this weird thing where I had magically managed to line three jobs up all with a window in between i finished one job and was gonna go off to do cleansing hour you can take it from there damon if you want and then so he finished a
4: job and maybe it was four weeks whatever it was it wasn't a lot of time in that window No, dude
3: it was literally like it was like two weeks it was like two weeks we had or it was like three weeks it was we had this much time between yeah. me finishing and then leaving for this other job and i I get the call Kyle just had an appendectomy and my
4: heart just sank and I was like oh my gosh no are we gonna have to recast this what are they saying like it was it was it, it was honestly any filmmaker's worst nightmare and I, I eventually got on the phone with him and he like he told me he walked me through like how he's feeling and you know because there's, there's a ton of stunts in the movie yeah he's been flying around <laughs> yeah there's a lot of stunts and, and and i know you know kyle likes to do a lot of his own stunts so um, long story short i mean he was able to come and do the movie but like he, he wasn't able to do all the
3: stunts as much to the degree that degree that he wanted to so basically yes yeah, so basically what happened was i woke up one day and was like my stomach really hurts and i tried to go back to sleep And then I woke up at about four 30 in the morning and I tapped my wife on the shoulder and I was like, don't wake up. Don't wake up the kids. I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. I'm pretty sure my appendix needs to come out. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what? I'm like, I'll call you from the hospital. And I go and I get it taken out. And it was, it was like, Holy crap. We have this super, super tiny window. And I actually, and I can't believe you guys hung on. Because I told them, I was like, I am going to know 48 hours before I have to leave if I'm okay to travel. Before I have to show up to Romania. And they, they hung on. They waited. And I ended up getting the okay. And I was like, okay, here we go. I showed up. I was still bandaged. I had like all these bandages yeah. on and like stitches and everything. The, the and- biggest concern
4: was we were worried about the, 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 the wound coming open while we were filming from and doing doing in like Romania stunts and stuff in yeah. Yeah. Romania, like you don't want to have a wound open up in Romania.
5: Well, maybe, maybe you do. It's practical effects, you know,
3: they were cool, man. They, they really, they were really, really cool about it and always made sure I was taken care of. And, had, you know, we were always looking out for it. And by towards the end of the shoot, when things got the most physical, I'd actually pretty much healed up enough that I could do pretty much all that myself. That's right. So, That's
4: right. When we, you, you, you even like did like a flip or something like that when we were filming. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah,
3: he's very acrobatic
2: (laughs) two questions first why Romania and the second question is what informed your decision to go after Kyle was there a specific performance you saw in in one of his other pieces that you were like this is a guy
3: yeah Daniel Um, what was it yeah. Uh, okay. Um,
5: hey, we just, hey, Kyle. Can you can you just like turn off your speakers real quick, just for a second?
3: <laughs> well, Go we, first ahead. Of, don't, we shot, don't we, hold don't hold anything back.
4: Uh, oh, I never do. Speak uh, um, First of all, we shot in Romania because it was uh, it was just more cost effective. We had a line producer who had made a few movies there, and you know he's the one who suggested it, and we looked at it. and It's like okay, I think this makes a lot of sense, so we did that, and because. <laughs> good crew really good crew yeah yeah the crew was great and um you know they they they, we all pulled it off so that was great my casting director actually suggested Kyle you know I had a lot of people in mind but she's the one who suggested Kyle and I was like yeah that's I mean yes you know (laughs) he'd be great so sorry Kyle
0: it's not as exciting as you (laughs) thought
2: I was waiting for this poignant moment moment, you're
3: you're (laughs) a fucking writer make something (laughs) up (laughs) (laughs) Do
4: better. Well, I've been following Kyle's career since he was a little boy. And I've, I had a oh, picture on my wall of him.
2: <laughs> well, Kyle, we'll go back to you. What are the benefits of being part of such a small cast in this enclosed place as far as accessing what you where you need to get emotionally, especially for a role like this, where you're screaming and highly active with this tight-knit group?
3: It was really one of the stranger not in a bad way, but stranger experiences because it, it, you walk in and there's your set. I mean, that's your world. It's not like it's like, okay, let's break it down and we got to move and then we got to go here and we got to go here. It was almost like we shot a play. You know what I mean? Like everything you saw, like you could point and shoot pretty much anywhere. So, you know, we, we shot mostly in order, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we shot mostly in order and, and, and we were able to just kind of, truck along i mean one of the one of the tricky parts was having to balance out certain days where like there was makeup so you know certain actors could be there or not all the time but you know they worked really hard to make sure everybody was there to to play as much as we could and and it was really just kind of like this like okay here's your world live in it you know stay here and where do you want to go we'll follow you what do you want to do and it was really kind of a bizarre like free open experience i don't know it was it was it was pretty it was pretty fun it was it was cool to not have to like break things up as the day went on like you just get to stay there all the time stay focused all the time
1: did alex Angelus, who plays lane did she do all of her own stunts because she said some crazy scenes
4: (laughs) she did she did a lot of them yeah yeah
2: Even in terms of like just the quick flips between being like demon possessed Lane and back to normal Lane, how were those moments orchestrated? Because there's also like full prosthetic change and everything between those just flashes.
4: Yeah, well, a lot of that's in her performance. Quite frankly, I mean, she's the one that was able to you know make it convincing just with her facial expressions and like the physicality that she brought into her whole body. The only actual change between demon Lane or demon and Lane is. The uh, is the contacts in her eyes. So when the demon is there, the eyes are white. When the demon's not there, it's her regular eyes. So we would when when we were shooting a makeup day, which is almost every day, she would have the prosthetics on her face. But um, when the demon left, we just took the 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 contacts out, which allowed us to move quickly.
2: Oh, that's cool. In the first short, obviously, that we've seen, you know, Heather Morris plays the possessed Heather and she's got this extensive background as a dancer. Is body choreography was that something that was important for the actor who played Lane to have? And do you find that in Alex? Does she have a background yeah, in that? It was it
4: was super important. It was super important, especially since Alex is going to be sitting in a chair for the whole movie. You know, we had you know she had to be able to move in the chair to you know there had to be something more going on than just up here, right? Right. Um, so we actually did a lot of rehearsal talking about that very thing, like what is. How does possessed lane move? A lot of work went into that, for sure.
2: And what about that amazing? You upgraded the chair from the short to the feature
4: length. Oh, yeah. This amazing yeah. wood
2: carved thing. Yeah. Where? How, yeah. What went into that? And where the hell is it now?
4: I it was one of the first days we were when we went to the studio where we were filming. Uh, we they had a massive prop house with lots of medieval chairs because they they had shot a lot of movies like that there, and you're just like going chair shopping. You know, and didn't really find one that worked. And uh, eventually, the production design team said, "Well, why don't we just build it?" And I was like, "Okay, uh, what do you have in mind?" And they're like, "Well, we'll come up with something and show you." And they did, and that's what we ended up getting. It was they, it was perfect.
5: And it's
3: track now. Huh. <laughs> said it's in the trash now.
4: Probably. <laughs> 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 no, I I love the chair so much. I actually flew it back from Armenia. mini. good.
5: Makes me feel so good. The
0: Boo Crew will be right back. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world, a world of darkness. Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it and nothing could stop it the one hope the only hope the exorcist warner brothers presents william peter bladdy's the exorcist the exorcist directed by william friedkin The Exorcist, rated R, under 17 not admitted without parent.
5: I was just
2: going to ask. I, mean, you know, you did a shout out to Paymon, who we saw in Hereditary. Obviously, it, it was just, oh, mean, yeah. another amazing. My, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't notice if there was any uh, any shout outs to Slubgob in the feature oh, length yeah. version. <laughs> it, maybe in the chat window or something like that. And there's a lot of that going on in the film. Were there any Easter eggs embedded in that that's uh, worthy of oh, a? Rewatch? Yeah. Oh two. yeah.
3: Oh yeah so much horrible shit Oh my gosh, dude.
4: when we when we were we had the movie locked and we needed to write all the chat text on all the screens every time you cut to the webcast feed or you see t- chat text on a screen we had to fill up all those screens with chat text wow so we did that after the fact and i got about 20 friends to come over to my house i got them all liquored up They all had laptops out and then we played through every scene and then we hit pause and then everyone would go into a shared Google doc and start writing out all the chat text. And that's what became the text that's on the screen. So thank you to all of my friends and their sick minds because that you absolutely have got to go back and read the chat text. It's so funny and so spot on accurate to like the world we live in today and all the trolls, you know, the people (laughs) who think it's real. It's great.
2: Kyle, this is not your first experience dealing with demons before, and we got to bring it up as uh, it's iconic. Colin Gray in in Jennifer's Body. Everybody is a massive fan of this film. Oh, Colin. What do you think of the recent sort of reverence and rediscovery of that film some 10-plus years later? So many people are talking about it.
3: I think it's awesome. I think that film definitely was a special film. I think... I think it just came out at maybe a bizarre time, or it was just like underappreciated at the time. I, I think it's a. I I'm happy to see people are finally acknowledging it for the quality film that it is. I, I always thought it was a really really good film, you know, and and to have um, you know, two really like strong female leads front and center, and and I. <sighs> I think I don't know. I like I don't know what it was like. Maybe the concept just fucked with people when it came out. Like maybe they just were like, what what is happening? You know, I I, I don't know. Or maybe there was like a weird thing about Megan, who, by the way, couldn't be a nicer person. So I'm I'm happy to see that it's finally getting the love that I thought it deserved 10 years ago you know and i and i think i think maybe maybe it speaks more to like this generation than it did 10 years ago you know maybe it speaks more to the teenagers now than it did to the teenagers back back then i don't know it's a tricky it's it's a tricky one i think that movie kicks ass
1: it is like one of our favorite yeah probably one of our
3: favorite horror movies of all time i'd say
1: yeah i don't understand what the hate was it's fucking great
2: it doesn't make sense
1: No, it's awesome. It's so witty and smart and fast moving. I just I love it. Yeah,
3: it's funny and fun.
1: Did you keep anything from that production?
3: No, no. Yeah, I kept my lip ring. No, (laughs) Um, uh, no, 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 no. I wasn't really allowed to keep anything, but they were they were very, very cool about building Colin. They let me pretty much pick whatever I wanted and do whatever I I wanted, which was fun. It was nerve wracking as hell because I originally read for uh, Johnny Simmons role and they, you know, ultimately didn't go my way. And they were like, well, do you want to play Colin? I was like, sure. I don't know what that. Sure. OK. And they never saw me audition. They never saw me anything. I picked all the piercings and the clothing and the make and stem worked with everybody. And, you know, and then suddenly Colin was on set and they had never heard me do it. So that like, that like weird, like goth kid kind of thing. Like they had never heard any of that. And I'll never forget Karin, the director came up to me after the first take and just kind of like sh- looked at me and like shook her hands and was like, uh do it again. It's <laughs> <was>, like, okay. <laughs> um, it, was, it was fun. I love Colin. I love that movie. I thought it was a great time to make. And I, and I am, I'm really, really happy that it's, it's finally getting the love that I think it should have gotten, you know, 10 years ago.
2: Was the singing in the car your idea? Or was that in the script?
3: That was in the script. Yeah, yeah.
2: All right, man. Back into the cleansing hour.
5: Yeah, and all its practical effects with, like, let's see Alex's character Lane throwing up all over the place and the blood, etc., did any of that oh, yeah. make anyone sick or was it like Hershey chocolate magic?
4: <laughs> I think it made everyone sick who was watching it. And then like for me and Alex, like we were cool. Like, so th- that was fun because the vomiting when we, we were, I did just like one long take. We just needed to keep going because like stopping just loses the momentum. So we just did a long series of like, okay, throw up now heave. Okay, well now fill up your mouth with fluid and then you're gonna spit it. And then now, now just sit there and breathe for a minute. And we just kept doing this. And it went on for about 15 minutes, which yeah. is a long time. And Alex is just, she looks just awful. And like the producers are watching on the monitor and they told me after the fact, that like, we were just like, we were just arguing with each other whether or not we should step in and tell you to stop. And it, yeah. tur- and it turns out that I ended up using, and this is where like the editor brain is really helpful. I ended up using almost every frame of usable footage of her vomiting in the movie, and it was so yeah, You know, you just have to sort of trust your instinct when you're doing this sort of thing. But um, you know, it was as as you know, it was like corn syrup and food coloring and some chocolate syrup that made that black goo that she was throwing up, and uh, a little uh, a little like tube that's on the side of her lip like
3: this, and was like yeah, you know, fill it up and spit. So yeah, dude, Alex is MVP for sure didn't complain once. I mean, just ride or die. She was so great. Oh, yeah, man. She's great.
1: So there's a Little Mermaid connection in this movie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. I love Ariel. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, <laughs> And the connection is Pat Carroll's daughter, Tara, yes. who lent her voice with Alex to make the demon voice. Can you talk a little bit about finding the balance between the two?
4: Yeah, I'm really proud of this because I, you know, I set out to make a movie that I would want to watch. And I also wanted to do something truly unique, you know, for the exorcism genre. And the demon voice is something we spent a lot of time on. I didn't know how we were going to do it whenever we first started, you know, when we were editing. I thought, well, we'll see what we can do with just filters and see what the sound team can do. And I wasn't really happy with it. So I thought, okay, let's try and let's try and do something with dubbing it. So I said to, I said, I've always loved Pat Carroll's voice from the little mermaid and my, um, casting director found her daughter because Pat is retired and her daughter sounds just <laughs> like Ursula. And, <laughs> wow. and she's actually, she's even scarier and she is, uh, uh Tara Carson is her name. She's actually going to voice the uh, Ursula for like the little mermaid reboot that Disney's doing. Oh. Um, yeah. So, uh, Tara comes in and she starts dubbing the lines. And I'm like, giddy as a school girl, because I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) um, So then once we got it, once we got it, we had a sound designer who was completely devoted to just the voice. And he, and we mixed Alex's voice with Tara's voice and created something truly unique. And the the level of the mix varies throughout the movie, um, depending on like what the character is feeling. So like when Demon is really pissed off, it's like Tara's voice and it's like lowered like 10 semitones. So it's like sounds really deep and masculine. Mm -hmm. And I just really think that we ended up with a voice that is maybe one of the best possession voices that I've ever heard in a movie before. And not to not to toot my own horn, but I love it a lot. I think it's really good.
1: You
3: too, Damien.
1: A question for both of you. Do you guys believe in the supernatural and possessions? And have you ever experienced anything paranormal?
3: Thank you, Kyle. I know Damien's answer. Damien texted me, like, Do you believe in aliens the other night? And just <laughs> left it at that. Literally did not respond back. Nothing. That's all he wrote me and then left it dead. I was like, What the fuck happened to you? Text him the next day. I was like, Where did you go, man? <laughs> but, um okay. No, uh, I do. I do. I do. I do. And actually, some of my first real deal, like, supernatural stuff that I had happened to me was um, on the set of, or when I was filming the Haunting in Connecticut. We stayed in a really, really old hotel that was basically made for the people who were building the railroad, like, up by in Winnipeg. I think that's what it was. Maybe there's not even a railroad up there. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was super old hotel and I think it was just one of those things where it was like because of what we were making and all the conversations we were having and whatever it was just like open like that Pandora's box kind of opened and I would have stuff happen to me like all the time like I would be I would be in the shower and I would literally hear just like doors slamming at one point I like laid down in my bed and it was like somebody underneath just like like hit and I like felt Something hit underneath. Another night, I actually felt like the sheet lift up and something press up against my body. Jeez. And I got out of bed. Another, one of the weirdest ones I had was I got a phone call. I went to answer it and there was nobody there. I went, hello? And it was like somebody just on the other side of the room, I swear to God, went, hello? What? Like, oh, what man. is Crazy. Happening? Yeah, so it was like all these like weird things that just started happening. and it got to the point where like, It kind of became annoying and I was really working hard and I was really tired. So if I had a long day, I would walk in and I would just, I would talk to the room and I'd be like, all right, just please don't just leave me alone just for tonight. I swear to God, you can do whatever you want tomorrow. Just leave me alone tonight. And it would be like quiet and like nothing would happen. There was this one time I went into my bathroom and there was like an, uh, there was like a thousand bugs in there like some kind of weird infest. And I'm like, where the, where did this come from? Like crazy stuff. It was just really, really, really bizarre stuff. That was wow. the most obvious. That was the most like <laughs> forward kind of stuff I've had. But uh, yeah, I do. I believe in it.
4: I believe in, in, in demons for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't believe in aliens, but
3: why'd you ask?
4: Oh, because I was watching the new Unsolved Mysteries on, uh, oh, I uh,
0: that on one, yeah. Netflix. Yeah. And I don't know I why, but I the, thought of you. I'm
3: sorry, I'm not trying to cut it off, but I love the train of thought where it's like, you know who'd like this? <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. You know, you don't hold a special place in my heart. I know, you man. know? <laughs> so, uh, you think I When you think aliens... Better ask Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I did a little documentary in college where I, I visited this allegedly haunted hotel in New Mexico to, to make a short documentary about this place and sort of like investigate it, you know, like this is sort of the in their g- early ghost hunting era. And uh, we had some weird stuff happen with our with our gear where like the sound recorder would stop working and like batteries would all of a sudden like cell phones would die in different parts of the which is really bizarre stuff. Like technology just does, doesn't do that. Usually the, the other weird thing that happened is like, I've got three kids and kids say things that like you make, it makes you think that like they're in tune with things that you're not.
1: Mm-hmm. My son
4: was visiting this house and there was only one person in the house that he knew of while we were there. And it's really mm-hmm. kind of dirty and grimy and dark. And he, we're taking them to the bathroom and he says, "Mommy, there's someone else in here." And I'm like, well, how, why, you know, why? did you say that?" And, he, and he, then he just sort of like, and then he kind of goes about his. Yeah, then he just walks on, which is like, "Okay, oh, how did you know this?" Like, wow. yeah. uh, oh man. It, it, <laughs> you know, and the, way, and the way they're just like, oh, you know, I just, I just, I just know," you know.
5: Nothing creepy about that. Have you, either one of you, or especially Damon, have you guys seen the documentary of? That William Friedkin may, uh, made called the, uh, "The Devil and Father Amorth."
4: Yeah, it's on my it's on my watch list. It's on my watch list. I I heard it was amazing.
5: Yeah, it's very unique. It's it's like the Vatican says, you know, finally yes, after all these years, right? You can come and film film one, but on one case, no crew, no lighting, no assistance, nobody. It's just you and one camera. So it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. What's it called? It's called "The Devil and Father Amorth." And actually, Father Amorth just passed away. Gabriel Amorth just passed away a few years ago. He was like the the lead exorcist for the Vatican for many years.
3: Oh, wow.
2: Kyle wanted to ask, you're working on Scream 5 with our BFF's radio silence, and we heard there was that rumored COVID emergency and all that stuff. What's the update on Scream 5 that you can talk about? we're making it <laughs> is everything back on track is it is it under oh, production yeah yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. No, that was that was like um, it wasn't anybody that was like involved with every day day to day you know what i mean yeah. kind of stuff that they were able to trace a track it everybody you know it, it actually didn't really put a hitch in anybody's step i think you know i i don't i don't actually know exactly how they did it so i don't want to speak for anybody but as it didn't slow anything down. We're, we're filming, and it's in full swing.
2: That's awesome. Now, anything you could say just about working with the guys in Radio Silence? They're terrific guys. who have done a lot of amazing movies recently with Ready or Not and everything.
3: They're incredibly nice guys. I think they're incredibly talented guys, and I'm, I'm just really, really grateful to be um, be on set and being able to say I, I got to work with them.
2: And then you've got The Catch coming out, right? Is that something we're going to be able to see in October?
3: Austin, yeah. Austin, film festival it's going to premiere i think the twenty second. yeah october 22nd that's my birthday austin film festival 7 p.m yeah so that's that's coming out and then i have a movie uh, dinner america it's been making the the festival rounds and and playing a bunch of digital screenings and and all that that's actually playing god what's that one called that's the crazy that's the one that has like five film festivals that are like all mashed up right now you guys can talk amongst yourselves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Kids say the creepiest thing. So my like five-year-old daughter has an imaginary friend called Mr. Nobody.
2: Yeah. Mr. Nobody. Oh my like God. that's not no, fucking creepy. That's
3: not, that's not right.
1: Mr. Yeah.
2: Nobody. <laughs> horrifying.
1: And, like she'll say like, Oh, you know, get this for Mr. Nobody. Or, and then I asked her to draw him. This was like a few months ago. And it just That's was like all black and just like there was red. I was like, oh, what is that? It's just, it's so creepy. It's the
2: fucking Babadook. That's what that is. <laughs>
4: wow.
1: When <laughs> so- I talk
4: to your kids, I'm writing another movie. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mr. Mr. Nobody, directed <laughs> by Damien <laughs> <Levin.
2: laughs> Well, Great speaking of yeah. that,
4: I'm totally stealing that. Yeah,
2: you go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Damien,
4: what do you, what, oh,
2: you all got right, that?
3: Nightstream is the film festival. Okay, cool. There you go. All right, keep, there you go. I just, <laughs> Probably,
2: no, it's great. That's great. So Damien, what about you? What's on deck after this? Is there, I mean, you you're heading towards making more horror films like this?
4: Oh yeah. I've got, I've got two teed up right now. I've got a, um, a script that I'm, we're financing. It's a classic horror, uh, haunted house horror, uh, that's set against the Irish countryside, uh, and integrates like creepy Irish folklore, which is really neat. Uh, i wrote that one and then i'm i'm directing another one called good luck nightingale that's uh a contained creature body horror that i'm really stoked about it all takes place in a house during a blizzard and uh, this mom is keeping her daughter locked up behind a cage because she thinks that she's a monster so wow. it's i don't want to give too much away but it's 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 going to be that's going to be 100 practical effects and in and Tom Woodruff and ADI, they're doing all those they're, they're building the creatures. Oh man we can't yeah, wait, that's, that's so, so good, cool. that's great
2: news. Yeah. Well you guys, thank you so much for for hanging out yes. with us and spending that time, I know we're over but you guys have just been a riot, so thanks again. Thank you guys so
3: much, keep doing what you're doing Yeah, thanks for having us guys, it's a lot of fun Have a good one guys. <laughs> yeah, you too Bye. Good Bye. to see you Kyle.
5: Yes. you yes. Spoiler alert
4: Uh, sorry for
2: the air horn this is some good extra behind the scenes stuff on the cleansing hour if you have not seen the movie you might want to stop here that said have at it i wanted to talk a bit more about the practical effects in this and the main demon transformation the big transformation that we get a little we'll put a little spoiler alert here for anyone who hasn't seen it yet how was that
4: achieved yeah we're talking about the end of the movie right yes Okay. So first of all, it's a 90 that that effect that you're talking about is a 90%, 95% practical effect. All right. It was achieved. It was achieved in a few steps. We had a, you know, we had Tommy, Tommy, who's the guy that got set on fire. He he's in his suit. It's a full suit that was, you know, made him look like he was burned. And then we had pieces of that suit that had been made separately that had been scored underneath and then covered in ultra slime. And then we put the camera over his back and then they pulled the pieces apart like this over his back. Wow. So that it looked like he was splitting open. And then, um, you know, all the, then we had, we had all the shots picked out ahead of time. So, you know, we had a piece of a leg hatching out of uh, another piece of a leg that we just pushed it through like this so that it looked like it was coming out. And, um, you know, a, a glove, you know, we had a puppeteer there who was puppeteering this monstrous hand in a glove covered in ultra slime, which, by the way, is the technical term. For <laughs> it. Um, th- th- it is it's 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 it comes in a bucket and it says ultra slime on it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then finally, like the last step was we made a separate head that goes on like that went on top of the shoulders so that it would look like the head is falling off as, as the, uh, the beast's head is coming out. And you know, that shot where the, like the, the, horns come up like this, you know um, it's on the head is on the back of the shoulders. And as he stands up, it falls backwards. So it looks like, you kinda like it kind of like folded out of the chest cavity. And then the final reveal is a, is a, a tall, a very tall actor in a, in a full size suit with a custom made Headpiece that was 3D printed. It was so much fun to design that, and I wanted to make a, a devil that looked like, like truly scary, like how the devil might look. And we used um, this sort of like luminescence, or like black light paint that glows when you shine a black light on it. So like the the orange is looks like lava coming out coming out of his skin because there's, we had black lights shining on it, and then we just we just timed out the sort of purplish hue from the blacklight and the effect works so well. And the only thing that we really did to enhance it was we put fire in the eyes and some like heat distortion coming out of the mouth. And that was it. Like, you remember that day, Kyle? I mean, that was so much fun. Like I remember when these guys, these guys were like, holy cow. I mean, look at this thing. They couldn't believe it. It was, it was really so much fun to film.
3: Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was so crazy seeing that dude walk onto set. And then you're just like, <laughs> and then, you know, not to kill it, but it was like, and then the guy couldn't even stand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like crippled. like, he's like ah, the devil can't even fucking stand. <laughs> Yeah, he had these like, he had, we had these Poor like, guy. Words. I mean, the suit was so gnarly. It was so cool in person. It was like, I mean, it had yeah, it really what it was. It was the feet were like, you know, those those hooved feet that made like the angle, I think, funky for him to stand on. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, once they got him settled and he's just standing there like breathing and you see because, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of practical effects, too, because, you know, it's it's that thing. It's practical. It's the air. It's in front of you. You can't argue that it's not there. You know, it, it exists. So, like, to have that, like, where you could touch him, see him, like, standing in front of you. This thing's, like, nine feet tall. I, I don't know. it's humongous. It was really pretty intense. And get this. I had I, – I, people tell me that they
4: think it's fake or, like, CG. Right? right. I, I've, I've had people I, – I read a review of the movie this week, and someone thought it was all CG. They're like, oh, that CG at the end was really crappy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, no, dude. <laughs>
3: devil's in the room baby
4: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but i that's i guess that's a compliment because i mean you know but look that's that's the world we live in now people can't tell the difference
2: that was the boot crew podcast episode 165 special thanks to our guests damian leveque and kyle gowner Follow them at Damien Levesque and at Kyle G-Face on Instagram at Damien Levesque and at Kyle Gallner on Twitter. Check out the phenomenally fun The Cleansing Hour. Available exclusively on Shutter at time of release right now.
1: Production tracks for this episode provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand. And Leone DiAntonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand. Chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.
3: Bye! Bloody
0: disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew, for horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, <laughs> horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy for disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio, and at bloodydisgusting.com/podcasts.